Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Grace, the founder of Divisio, that's D-U-V-I-S-I-O.com, the affiliate network for companies doing good. And we have a very special co-host with us today, and that is my old buddy, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hi. I like what you've done with the place. This is great. Gee, thanks. <laughs> and I know you and I are both equally excited about our guest today. I just met her through a mutual acquaintance last week. Her name is Sherry Watson, and she's from The Power of Purpose. And boy, guys, wait until you hear the different things that Sherry does to create leverage. If you want to launch and grow a nonprofit, make a difference in the world, and get rewarded handsomely for your efforts, Sherry is definitely the person that you want to talk to. That's one of the big things we're going to be talking about on the show today. Sherry doesn't just talk about launching successful nonprofits. She actually does it. She's the lady that famous authors, media moguls, and TV personalities come to for nonprofit advice. When Sherry speaks, people listen. And in this episode, we're going to show you how you can launch your own successful nonprofit so you can start doing well financially by doing good for others. Sherry, welcome to the show. Oh, it's so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, you guys. So you play so in a world that not many people know about, and that's the world of using nonprofits to grow for profit, doing good in the world and making money at the same time. But how you got to what you're doing today, you've got a fantastic story, Sherry. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners to get us started today? Oh, Gina, it's, it's part of the journey, and we all have journeys. And, you know, the alchemists, I love that work, that our only obligation is to learn our purpose in life. And so our journeys, what we've gone through. And, Jenny, before we get started, and Jack, all the listeners don't turn off when you hear the word nonprofit, okay? I'm going to teach you today. We teach profitable nonprofit corporations. It's an entity that's going to sell you higher, bring more impact, and reshape the fabric of this country together through the nonprofit corporation. We don't teach fake cell charities. So I just had to get that up front. So folks, hang on, and we're going to share something that brought amazing, life-changing change to this world. And Gina, And talk I about leverage, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, it's all oh, about leverage, okay. isn't it? It's completely about leverage, Gina. That's why when I met you, you know, we learn in life. It's got through that. There are no coincidences. 
and, and learning Gina and what she's doing and everything I've done and our whole movement, what we're doing around the world to change and empower lives. It's not a bake sale. It's not a welfare. Oh, we're going to help those poor people. Oh, we'll make a bunch of money, and then we'll do it. I want to share a strategy for 35 years we've used having our nonprofit corporation lead the way. And Gina and Jack, to start with the listeners, to get that noise out of your mind about the nonprofit bake sales. Our country is rooted and founded in nonprofit corporations, hospitals, universities, IKEA, Mayo Hospital, Kansas City Royals, on and on and on. It's not an entity that entrepreneurs have been taught. And so that's what I want to right. share with you today, Jenny and Jack, is how entrepreneurs can access the billions and billions of dollars right now that they're saying, please help us. Who better than our world, Jenny and Jack, entrepreneurs that know how to do common sense business solutions? So I just had to lay out the foundation before we go into it, Gina. The most incredible housing affordable providers, the most incredible housing we've developed, we've done it with our nonprofits all over the country and made more profit than any developer I know. And I want to share those strategies. We need help. This country, the homelessness, the opioid crisis, the suicide, it sounds doom and gloom. This is the best time in the country in 35 years I've seen where the money's flowing to go into the community saying, help, bring solutions. You know best how to solve it. So, you know, Jack, I'll go back to Before we get into the strategy, Sherry, Let's tell them how you got into this arena. I learned the hard way, and that's why it's so, such an honor and so great to share my journey. So you guys don't have to. We all go through our journeys. I was so blessed at the age, young, young age. I learned what we take for granted, and I learned the power of the mind. And I learned purpose. And to share that with you, all of us now on our journeys, to take our journey and share with others. December 4th, winter afternoon in New Mexico, and I took off on my ATV three-wheeler way. I always rode down by the river. We lived in the subdivision. I always rode there. My husband was at home with our two baby boys taking a nap, and with an instant, I lost control of my life, my destiny. They found me laying in a pool of blood, and the paramedics came and called me DOA, dead on arrival. As they took me in the ambulance and did those defibrillators, you know, to get your heart going again, my family was called into the quiet room, and they said, Sherry has a severe head injury with a brain contusion, she's in a coma, and she's not going to live through the night. I learned through the journey of coma the power of our mind. As I lay trapped in the body that couldn't respond, 
And this was back in the 80s. They didn't know anything about coma. So they came in and they talked about me, but never to me. They come in and say, she's probably not going to live through the night. Now she has pneumonia. I heard everything. I just couldn't respond. So go into that journey. Let them know that I was still in there. And, and go into acute rehab. And I thought, man, you're, yeah, you're wheelchair. You start talking. Years of a journey of learning how to walk by laying on a mat and learning how to crawl for months, learning how to we, we swallow. That was the hardest thing I had to learn. How do you learn things that were natural? What a gift. By going through that journey, I was a musician before. I had a music academy up, like the saxophone and blues band. That's all I'd known. And now all of a sudden, everything had been taken away. And I was given a piece of clay to remold my life. What a journey to go back into the hospital and start visiting others that were laying there. And to give families hope they were in the intensive care waiting room. That's all we were doing. But the doctors saw a difference in people. From that, the hospital said, let's set you up a nonprofit. I could barely walk a dog. I was like a two-year-old, but you had to interpret. My whole mouth was paralyzed. My whole face was paralyzed. I couldn't smile. I drooled. They tied a towel around me. I talked like, I don't like that. Nobody But I had purpose. When you have purpose, when your mission is that strong, from that one nonprofit where we found folks in back bedrooms, in institutions, the only place for us to live was institutions. And you guys, all of you, and we're paying for it. Your tax dollars were going into Medicaid and sticking us in the Willowbrook. It took us leading a movement. That one nonprofit we set up, we set up 800 nonprofits around this country. Anywhere from 250000 a year to $40 million a year as a corporation. That's a pretty good startup. And we led with a mission. We led 51% of our board were people with disabilities. The majority of our staff. We had no voice. We had no political power. At that time, we couldn't even get out of the institution if we wanted to. There were no short buses, no curb cuts. No lights that blinked, no street signs, no elevators that made noise, nothing. It, this world wasn't accessible. So we didn't want to be special. We didn't want to be handicapped. We wanted to be part of the American dream. So we started the movement through the nonprofit corporations that we led as businesses. And from that, we wrote the Americans with Disabilities Act. We led and worked with Congress, and we got the Americans with Disabilities Act changed. We changed the world. And in that process, we built systems. We built affordable housing all over this country. 35 years ago, there weren't apartments and condos. and We built it with low-income housing tax credits, with investors. We partnered with public and private. Right, the nonprofit, the for profit. We changed the world. We built our careers, made more money than we've ever made in our for profits. And we took our tax dollars, grant money, 
we took that money, we redirected it, and we led a movement. We, now we're out in the community. Now we're part of the Americans' Right. Fifteen years ago, Jen and Jack, with my sons at the big real estate trainings, listened to them t- teach these young entrepreneurs, but never did I hear about going and connecting with the mayor, meeting with state legislators, working with state housing, getting $3 million to rehab a nursing home that we donated to you to do transitional living. They weren't taught the world that's really out there. And that's how we launched our company, to bring this to the entrepreneurial world, to bring solutions, to bring abundance to our entrepreneurial world and to take that money. Instead of build that $10 million juvenile justice center to teach our kids how to be criminals, let's give your university through your nonprofit a million dollars to bring those kids in, to teach them entrepreneurial skills, to teach them how to be our future leaders, and to be redirecting that money. You know, we need the entrepreneurs right now, Jack. So, Jack, I know you've been involved, so take a breather. Just the opportunity to share this and to get our entrepreneurial world. There's so much money here, you guys. Wow. So Jack, here's your big camp. To learn <laughs> how to do this as a corporation for profit from someone who's been there, done that, and got a bunch of T-shirts from doing it and has made such a gigantic impact. What would you like to know from Sherry? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) All of it. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah, man. That was an inspiring. Wow, what a great. You gave me chills about six times talking just now. And, yeah, I, I... I'm in a situation where I kind of bridge between the traditional nonprofit um, model of we need more grants. We got to get grants, and everybody hates to write grants. And most of the uh, people who are in charge of that have to spend most of their time doing that, meaning that you know they have to be paid. Everybody has to be paid in order to do work, and that means a significant chunk of money. Uh, that people donate goes to the arduous process of raising money, period. And typically in the old school way of doing it, it's through grants, which is one of the most competitive things in the whole planet, to get money from a foundation that also has thousands of other organizations applying all the time, all very worthy. Um, You know, we don't get mad at the competition, but we don't, you know, we, we are aware keenly that it's there every year. I come from that world, but I also come from mine and Gina's world where we think differently about things. Uh, That's what people pay us for is to think different and think about leverage and think about alternate routes for our businesses and uh, for nonprofits and everything. And so I work with a board of directors that's on that traditional side. They are presently uh, freaking out about money because we have this new program that we want to launch and it's going to take about a million dollars to do it. Now that sounds like a, a lot maybe to some people and not very much to others. Uh, to, to this organization, it's a very, very big deal. It would be uh, the most 
money they've had on the books since they started. It's been a very small think tank for about 20 years, and it wants to do something incredible in the world, and uh, it needs the funding to do it, and people are trying to figure it out right now how to do that through grants and and, um, private money, uh, and I can see it going the way that it's always gone. It's not going to happen. It's it's just not going to work. Not in the in the time frame that we need it to. So uh, I know there's something else to do. I know we have other options, um, but that's not where it ends. I know that that's there. I know that I don't want to pursue grant money all the time, and and uh, that just got dumped on me. Can you please help? I don't have the executive director is stretched really thin. Nobody's getting paid full time to work on this. So. Everybody's doing the best they can with part-time hours. And he just asked me and someone else in the organization, can you guys please help putting out uh, feelers for proposals? And I really don't want to because I know there's something I could be doing with my time that's better, more leveraged, to bring in more money than these guys are asking for. And so it's really, really weird to be on this call with you today, given that this is a very present moment situation for us and uh and i i'm like well let me just go talk to the expert <laughs> and figure this out and here i am <laughs> this is i want to first of all reframe that what we teach and and what we've done our whole whole life 35 years is not getting on that treadmill of fundraising if you're not my partner, you can't achieve your mission, the end people you're serving. So if we would have gone that treadmill to do the big galas and fundraisers and, and do that one shot to foundations, what about the people we inside every day in nursing homes? What about the people in the Willowbrooks that Geraldo just did a big 50-year anniversary show of his whole career and watch it. Because I, I show clips of, of him at our live summit where he says, out of all the things he's witnessed, wars, people dead on the battlefield, murders, everything, and he visibly gets shaken with tears, willowbred, exposing the institutions. Guys, that's like all the broken systems we're seeing. We were one of those, just like the homelessness. I mean, we can only walk away so often. We can only turn our heads so many times. When are we going to say we're only as good as the people that need the help the most? When are we going to be able to turn to them and look at them in the eyes and say, tell me your story. Share with me. How can we take this homeless epidemic and bring solutions where people that have been homeless, people that are homeless are leaving? Well, they try to bring in the experts for us, the people that knew better than us. And they stuck us in nursing homes. And we as taxpayers paid, some of the kids that we seen, we were paying half a million a year per person, we, taxpayers, and we wonder why our Medicaid budget is deficit. 
I met the VA press conference with the VA secretary in California. There's 50 others that closed in San Diego at the Veterans Memorial. And he's telling us he's so proud because California's finally has met several. It only takes six years for the day the veteran signs up for the day you get the benefits received. Now, in our world, the entrepreneurial online world, how many of you businesses out there, how many of you young online marketers could take that million dollars from the VA and set up a system where folks, they would get 24 hours and have access? That's the kind of change. So when you're talking about going out and making foundations, what, what we really teach, the power of connecting. I'm going to let you guys in on something. Everybody listening, and this is the juggle, the number one secret, the number one secret to achieving success and getting all the money you need in your nonprofit corporation is connecting. Connect, connect, connect. Sitting with that state legislator, I can't emphasize enough. You guys, think of this. In the for-profit world, you have your capital partners, you have your investors, you have people coming grow your business with your shareholders, right? You have your partners. In your nonprofit, those capital partners, your state legislator that serves on all the state committees, that oversees the state budget, that votes on the state budget, that ran for office as a public servant, to bring things back to the community. They live next to you. They live across from you. Their kids play soccer with your kids. They're us. And I can't tell you how many times we have legislators come to our summits and say, amen, amen. I've been in, in the state legislature for 12 years. I've built relationships with DOD. I can help get funding through the VA. That's what I'm doing to bring things back to our community. I've not had one constituent come and see me. Now, does that make sense? We hire them, and we pay their salary. We vote for them, and then we pay taxes. They have, they're your capital partner. They can say, yeah, go to the Economic Development Agency. Here, here's the secretary. Let me call her. Let me, let me see if we can get to a meeting because our initiative is online training going to vocational. What you're doing, hmm, that's great. That fits our initiative. They, all of our state agencies, you guys, this is what I'm so amazed that people don't understand. This is trillions. I'm talking billions of dollars are available right now. I've mentored so many young kids that are now like, Deputy directors in D.C. with Department of Treasury and HUD is constantly calling me, sending me notes. We got, just got another billion dollars out of our budget. Not that they're going to keep it. With this administration, every administration is different. We never got into the politics. We never relied on them to make things happen. We made them make things happen. We sat in their offices. We would take over their offices, 
if it, if it wouldn't happen. Because it was all about freeing our people. And so that's your business partners. Here's the great part. They open the door. They, you go to the state housing. they got $3 million they need to spend right now. And only nonprofit corporations are eligible. The sooner they send it, the more they can drive down. They want to help that state. That's why they're elected. So you go in with the right kind of corporation. You've got your business hat on. You're a nonprofit corporation. You can access that $3 million to start working on the project for the Youth Entrepreneurial Center, whatever your mission is as your nonprofit. That's how it's, it's the 13 state agencies. Look, I'm going to give all you guys something to do. I know you while you're driving on the road, you get in, look up your state website. Start looking at all your state agencies. There's the economic development. There's the DOE. There's the Veterans Administration. There's agency and aging. There's children, youth, and family. What I want you to understand, all the federal dollars go into this. Then all of our state taxes get put in there. And then we have state investment councils that grow the money. So our agencies have millions and millions and millions of dollars to grant out. That's what it's about. They put together requests for proposals. So, Jack, getting to know your legislator, letting them open the door with that state agency where you can take our tax dollars and set up something amazing to bring solutions. It's the most fulfilling. You'll be more socially significant than any big fancy house and car and the more. It's the most fulfilling thing you could ever imagine when you're in, people are being empowered. You're not, it's not a welfare thing helping those for people. You're watching people take control of their life and destiny. You're bringing economic change in the community. There's nothing like it. And you can work with your for-profit. That's the beauty of it. We've always had a non-profit or for-profit. It's very ethical. It's a beautiful way to do business. Hospitals do that. They're a non-profit. They have a for-profit radiology, for-profit lab, universities. They're non-profit. They get billions of dollars of grant money every year to do research. And then... They have for-profit patent centers. So they take that and they develop patents and they make billions of dollars a year. It happens all the time. So I'm going to give you one example. Matt, take a breather for you guys to ask more questions. Here's a beautiful example. We had an entrepreneur, a business leader that came to us, had a contracting business 25 years and they wanted to do more. It was time to make more impact. He said, what's this about a nonprofit? Didn't even know what that was. So we set up his nonprofit, and his family is veterans. His whole mission was to set up support so that veterans could live in the community and not live warehouse somewhere like they did with us. And that's what they're starting to do. So we wanted to change that paradigm before we go down that road. So 
we have many, many avenues of funding, okay? We do a diversified funding stream. For you guys to learn more, go to our nonprofitwebclass.com. We have six steps to launch and grow your nonprofit. And one of the steps is built multiple streams of funding. There's more capital and more streams eligible to nonprofit corporations than any other corporation. So we taught LFC, C Corp, S Corp, we know all those. But it's entrepreneurs, the power of the nonprofit entity, having it in your toolbox. So if you're a real estate investor, if you're a realtor, if you're a mortgage broker, that nonprofit to then go out. So what we did with his for-profit, we have amazing proprietary software. It's the power of real estate. It finds properties. We are getting property charitable giving of real estate. We accept real estate for donations and turn it into cash jacks. So that's a beautiful way we're helping the donor. It's an, an unbelievable niche for realtors. They're making three or four times more, and they're seen as a hero in the community. So when we go, it, we use the software, and on his nonprofit, he got 12 calls saying, "Hey, I'm a nonprofit. Love to see how we can work together." On his for-profit. With this for-profit company, no, no calls on it. Here's how it works. He got a million and a half vacant nursing home donated. When he walked out of that closing, he called us just hooting and hollering. He said that was easier than applying for a credit card. And he walked out with a title for incur and a $25,000 check. So then we go to the state capitol. We meet with the state housing, we're going to eradicate homelessness, okay? We're going to change homelessness in, in Iowa. And so you bet the state housing, the business leaders, they manage a multi-billion dollar asset. What a great business partner, except they grant you money and you never have to pay it back. You don't have equity partners. You don't have interest. You have to do what you said you would do. So they had just got funded that $3 million. So we're talking about all these great things we can do. And the director stood up at this fancy boardroom where they brought five of their people and they, their business leaders. They didn't see us as a little charity. They brought their business leaders in for their state agency. And they said, this is shovel ready. You mean you already have a project? I'll drive two hours tomorrow to your location. They had a $3 million grant. Now, here's the beautiful part. Then his nonprofit hires his for-profit construction company. They're market value. We're not a big sell charity. We're a business, business to business. That leveraging and let. So we're boosting his for-profit his for-profit company is non-profit, and the community is any time now they want something done, they need something done with their homes, contacting, who are they going to call? Now the whole community is safe. They're doing concerts. It's 
the community and they've eradicated homelessness. So you see that power as the two entities working together, how it boosts your for-profit, more impact. We need everyone. We've got billions of dollars to this administration because they're from the business community. Whether you like them or not, we never got into that. We learned the philosophical core. If they're more into building more government, more roads, and more, then we learned how to navigate that and do more advocacy. This administration believes that we at the grassroots in the bay know how to solve it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, including me, for a long time, uh, thought that there was a bigger wall between for-profit and non-profit because that's why it was set up, right? It, it's like you separated them, so they must be separate. And um, and I know a lot of people also think about nonprofits that you're not allowed if you have 501c3 status or another one. Um, to make money. You're not allowed to sell goods or services or, you know, um, profit or whatever. And I can't even put it into words now because now it sounds so ridiculous. But then, and I think the layperson's attitude is still that. That was one of the biggest, that was the biggest myth 15 years ago when, you know, I joined the mastermind of all the real estate gurus and the trainers that most of you know and it's, have worked with, and when I first walked in, the reason I joined is I was at a, a housing summit and with people with disabilities, and we were, and we'd be six mil, $6 billion a year with the syndicated tax credits. I mean, we changed the world. Now I go over to the, the entrepreneurial state summit with, and they're all talking about, you know, tear those section eight down and build condos to lofts and become billionaires and better. And I'm thinking, they need to be teaching them the power of connecting and meeting with the state legislature. Access that we did the most beautiful 200 unit complex that featured nationally. It's globally certified. And we did it with our nonprofit for profit. It is a mixed income. And we got 11, we leveraged 11 funding sources from Home Depot. We did a sculpture garden in the back to, um, went to the, got our uh, carbon credit exchange, the first in the country. And that gave us 100000 of pre-development money. I wanted to teach our young entrepreneurs the power of, you can make a lot more profit, have a lot more fun make a lot more impact. The journey is amazing. So that's how, that's how we launched this, to, to get to our world and show them how to access these funds, working side by side with legis- state legislators. It is so much fun. When you're at the state capitol with a bunch of young entrepreneurs, they were in the juvenile justice system. And now you've, set up a studio and you partnered with Sony because now the top business strategy for the Fortune 100 and 500 when I go to conferences, it's cause marketing. It's aligning with 
a cause. And then my what commercial is here on TV, what you're on the radio, they're all aligned. They, it's not about being great and perfect. It's a business strategy. When Forbes appointed us to the non-profit council, Forbes helped us get the message out. And the cover of the magazine, a Forbes magazine, look it up, why every business should be run like a nonprofit corporation. We led 800 corporations with billions and billions of dollars, folks with disabilities. We led them as businesses. We access our tax dollars, grant money, and instead of spending half a million to put us in the warehouse where we laid under a bed and shivered and cried. And you watch the Willowbrook things. That's all over the country. That's where we live. So think about what's in front of you right now, you guys. How many of you have been impacted through the opioid crisis? When are we going to change our medical model paradigm so that we have choice? We can go to our chiropractor. We can get that hyperbaric chamber. We can go get acupuncture. We've got a lot of things. Our youth are lost. Our suicide's increasing. Every one of you listening, you have a business that could help. Take your for-profit. We helped a group. Uh, they just gone to the VC firm. They got $50 million at this most amazing medical technology. And the the director, the leader, he came from the foster care world, and he lived a hard life. And so setting up the nonprofit along with this for-profit to do research and training and being led all by kids who are aging out of foster care. We're creating employment. So he's going to get all these young, bright entrepreneurs we're going to train them to work in his nonprofit. It's amazing. It's, it's the way we started with one nonprofit, and we truly led a movement. 54 million Americans living out of sight, out of mind. We created the new world. Think about what we can all do together. That's where my fire comes, Gina and, and Jack. But together, we can truly reshape the fabric of the world. We have a nonprofit that's built over a thousand homes in Africa. And they don't go and do it, white man, pat yourself on the back for a value rise. It's an empowerment model. They have a director they hired in the village. The village votes on who gets the next home. The village donates. It's an empowerment model, you guys. So think of what we can do together. Make tons of money. I've always made so much more money than my nonprofit corporations. And that's so that we can make more impact. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to do my best. Um, <laughs> uh, God. So you, you and everybody else has probably heard the stories about millennials and they're different. And one of the ways that everybody likes to talk about how they're different, including the millennials about themselves, is that they don't want the typical life that people before them lived in the corporate world. 
And that's when uh, B Corp started coming out. And and um, and you see articles in Forbes and other places talking about how millennials really are flocking to places that give them uh, an entrepreneurial experience, but not so much that as a serving experience along with it, that they, that they were choosing jobs and then they were choosing to go off and start businesses that had impact, had something meaningful beyond profit, uh, you know, and they and they kind of innately understood that profits follow a mission that's beyond just playing with the capitalistic formula of you know buy low sell high and all the different stuff that it really looks like a black and white world to them. It's like looking at an old Andy Griffith show versus something on Netflix that's hot and fresh and new and and they didn't want that. They don't want that, and they're rejecting it flat out. And, but I still see that there's a lot of people out there who think, well, I'm in business and I, I can't do it this way. Both people are standing on each side of the line, nonprofit world, and they're staring over at the people in the profit world. They're staring at each other going, I can't help you. I can't see you. I can't hear you. We can't do anything together. I'd really dearly love to be on your side, the nonprofit says to the profit, and, and likewise, vice versa. I'd dearly love to be on your side, but we don't know how to do it. Because we're over here and we, we make a profit, we do all of this stuff, and, and there's this big divide between us. And there's these people who want to do, everybody would love if they were given the opportunity, if we were born and told that your success in life is going to come solely from your ability to find your passion and chase it. And it's not a passion for profits in terms of, you know, go out and reach the capitalist dream. It's go out and help people, help the world in whatever way that you can and the profits will follow, the, the life will follow that uh, your grandparents were told to chase um, solely from a capitalistic standpoint. And the other thing that I, I, I unpacked from that was a lot of people talk about how, um, how our system that we've all inherited when we were born, we were born into a system, is failing us in the doing good part of our lives, um, in the ability to do something good. In, this, in the, what you brought up earlier, you, you start something, and this is what I came back home to do. I was in the nonprofit world full-time through the, uh, the entirety of the 90s and uh, got burnout and was tired of being poor, and uh, I needed to do something different. So I came back to start a business to make a bunch of money to go back to the nonprofit world and be the person on the other side of the table taking activists and organizers out to lunch with the little black card, the unlimited black card, and I was getting ready to travel from there to another exciting place to see the work that was going on on the ground and feed a starving activist uh, who wasn't getting paid enough because they hadn't cracked the formula of how to make enough money on, as a nonprofit to pay anybody right, um, which is why my career in the nonprofit world is an extremely long one. It was, it was 11 years. Um, most people burn out, in, in, in especially in environmental nonprofits. Let, let, uh, me, let, me, let me stop you right here. When you, this is awesome, you guys. This is the myth we, we're getting rid of. Again, go to nonprofitwebclass.com, you guys, and really look at it from a business. Jack, with us, 35 years. We, we want more, 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 more in the nonprofit world. 
it's been the most exciting journey. We built our careers in this. So not seeing it as a bake cell journey. And they're not, they're not on different sides of the road. The nonprofit and for-profit work together. In corporate America now, the Fortune 100, 500, we worked with Home Depot years ago um, and still do. Worked with them on setting up the foundation for the corporation. It's a business strategy. Instead of filling our landfills every week and 2,500 Home Depots go fill landfills because their spring stuff came in, they got new inventory. Setting up the foundation, then we connected nonprofits with all the stores. They started developing you know, homeless shelters, that kind of stuff. We let, but again, yeah, leading it as a business. We, our, our last nonprofit, still going strong, has its own building. We got a building donated from an oil field company, a huge four-story, 100 offices, then your nonprofit turns around and rents it because then I was a, became a one-stop to help people not have to go 18 different places and become a hub where we could start building community and we can make we make from 40 or 50 thousand a month on that no 20 thousand a month on that and then we met with the governor and said wait we were in Washington D.C. I was president of our national organization I you know step four years in D.C., and why are all the people in nursing homes when I come home? That makes no sense economically. Our governor, Governor Gary Johnson, was a businessman. He's like all of you guys. He didn't come from the political world. He's stepping because he wanted to make a difference from the business perspective. So talking to him about, hmm, it makes sense to spend half a million to warehouse one kid. All I want to do is go home. His mom could take care of him. So the governor's, yeah, let's let him go home. Yeah, let's get you not your nonprofit. Let's do a pilot project. I thought I was going back to get my PhD. You know how life takes you where you need to when you're on purpose. So I ran to Santa Fe, set up my nonprofit. We started the personal care option, the first in the country. You made sense as an entrepreneur. Let people move home. And hire who they want. It's very personal. My friends that wrote ADA, paralyzed from the neck down, talk about having somebody new come in every day and do bowel and bladder and get you dressed. And you should get a choose who you want to do that. Okay. Okay. So my nonprofit, because I'm a corporation, I'm a business, just like an LSC Corp. All of you guys have your businesses in. I'm going to charge you state Medicaid as fiscal agent, because they're not going to know how to do pike and food and food and all that fun stuff, right? And state, I will charge you $200 a month per person to process payroll. It's like a payroll agent, right? I was making $50,000 passive income within six months, but that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is we've got 400 elders and people with disabilities out of the notion of move back home into their hogans, into their houses with their families, 
And six months later, this is big. Hang on, you guys. Listen, because you are entrepreneurs. You know how we take the money, make good use of it. It was announced by our federal government, Health and Human Services. New Mexico was the first state in the nation that had a positive Medicaid budget. Do you see that? This little tiny group, three little tiny disabled girls were just saying, that's not right, what's happening, what can we do? Do you see the opportunity all of you guys have? Connect, connect, connect. Go to nonprofit web class, get that business hat. Then what we did, we led it just like our for-profit. We set up a budget. Every grant we apply for, we do a budget. We include personnel, personnel benefits, operating costs. We do rent, utilities, all the things. We have folks, their nonprofit now is renting space in the building that their for-profit's in that they own in the commercial building. It's an incredible way. Everybody helps each other. And the main thing is we can bring solutions back to our broken systems. Oh, man. What do you think, Gina? <laughs> You've been talking to Sherry an awful lot. This is uh, it's a, it's an awful lot to take in. It's the thing, though, I mean, I knew I said something. And other people are like, it can't go on this way I, on, from the nonprofit side. You just can't. For all the reasons that you've already stated and all the le- reasons I've lived through um, most of my years in nonprofits is that people just have to cycle through. They give the very best of their energy that they can, and then they have to go somewhere else because you can't stay in an environment where you're not putting benefits on the line items for the budgets. And when, yeah, and when we're doing exactly. proposals, yeah, we can't live there that yeah, long. And you, and you exactly. That's why... I keep saying we have to have a business. I've been a grant reviewer forever. So we'll find me in the D.C. and we'll spend eight days and a group of eight of us and we'll have a proposal three feet tall of all the proposals from Mayo, from NYU and that. And I'm telling you, the budget, looking at it as a business. So you've been working with eight shelters. You guys, those of us that led them as businesses, we have people that have been in the same corporation for 30 years. I mean, our movement, because we pay, I pay better salaries than our county employees. We have better benefits. We have full health care. We have IRAs. We have better benefits and salaries because when you're leading the way and you're changing a paradigm like that and you're making it free our people, it's a business. So, Jasmine, we never got burned out. That's the noise I kept hearing. And I thought, my gosh, if I had to volunteer my whole life and lived in scarcity, yeah. We lived in abundance and we built. And it's not just us all over the country. This is how nonprofits are led. Can you imagine the super staff of a hospital or the dean of the university? They're all volunteering. Or they're going to only get paid, you know, one month out of 12. You can't build a business like that. We take the money that's there and we are good stewards. Look what they're doing. Look how they're 
funding the Veterans Administration. And we need our veterans to go and be at the state level and be asking questions. How are we spending our state budget? Where's the money going? 90% of our VA money, they're building long-term care homes. In California, they were so proud, $230 million for 20 beds. How many of our young 21-year-old kids, just like us 30 years ago, want to spend the rest of our lives living in a cinder block institution when we could be part of America's dream with accommodations? So you guys, join us. This is our chance. This is how our mission at the Power of Purpose is to launch and empower at least 10,000 nonprofit corporations. We've got an inner circle group that is led by leaders in the business world. One of our one of our nonprofit leaders now, 30 years, he has a PhD in agriculture projects all over the world. He's doing the healthy soil. He's doing so much to us. So we have business leaders, just like all of you guys, in our inner circle. It's not a bake sale, Terry. This is the way. Nonprofits, when you talk about Jack not being paid and that kind of nonprofits are the third largest in the GDP. Nonprofits are leading the way in this country. The the charitable center for statistics, I think it was last year was looking they came out with one point four trillion dollars worth of products and services through nonprofits. They're a huge economy driver. So in our world, we think about, oh, this will make sell charity. Oh, this will, you know, they're on the treadmill. They can't raise money. If, if you look into the nonprofit world and you let us teach you that, it's a phenomenal business. It will make you more money. If you have a for-profit, it will boost your for-profit, and it will give you a life of abundance, of purpose, of fulfillment. It's it's incredible, you guys, when you're part of a mission. And so whatever, I've, I've talked to so many people, Jen and Jack, that are very successful entrepreneurs that grew up in the foster world, and they see how broken that is. And so they're stepping in, setting up their nonprofit to work with their for-profit. And so, you know, come join us, you guys. Stay connected well, I, with I us and say- together. Yeah, I can talk for years about the fulfilling side of being in on all this. It might have sounded, it is tough. It is very tough when you live in the bake sale world of nonprofits. But but I didn't get to talk about the mission, and I, we don't have time now. But I can go on for days about the fulfilling side of that, and it's worth everything. That's what keeps you around for 11 years is that feeling that simply profiting cannot give you, no matter what, no amount of money could ever give me, and I've tested it because then I went on to make a lot of money, and it's night and day, the feeling of fulfillment, of being on a mission, um, you know, that's yeah. what kept me there the whole time, well, and I'd still be and there. I wanna, if, uh, yeah, go ahead. I want to add one thing real quick. If you've followed Jack and I for a while and you've heard us talk about the Vortex model of doing business, if you haven't, you can go and learn more about it at askggg.com forward slash A like Apple, T like Tom, V like Victor book. 
ATV book. But if you if you understand the Vortex model, it's about building for-profit businesses designed around your purpose and your mission. And you're really doing that so that you can do good in the world. But I often say that you really do need a nonprofit arm. And if you learn from Sherry the way that she builds nonprofits so that they fuel the, the for-profit business, and you combine that with the Vortex business, oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine how fast that could grow and how big the impact could be. It would be huge. So make sure that you go and sign up for Sherry's webinar at nonprofitwebclass.com so that you can learn more about that as well. Go ahead, Sherry. What I'm talking about that is I, I, uh, I couldn't find the address for the longest time because it had nonprofit in it, and it's a .com. And I was subconsciously just pounding it .org. I'm like, why is it this working, .org, .org? And it perfectly illustrates how you've married everything together. I mean, it's a living example in a little weird way that I couldn't get the URL to work because I couldn't put nonprofit with .com in my mind. It just couldn't happen. And then I, it finally clicked. And I'm like, wow, she really is doing this. Well, and, Junio, what I want to follow up on what you were saying about accessing you and Jack, look at the leveraging, the training on the for-profit, and then see how we'll see the non-profit then playing together. And, and you guys, one of the things, it was just a, so, so such a blessing this weekend. A colleague uh, flew in and came and spent time out here, and we went through a lot of the um, kind of the chronological the journey, the systems we built, the money we brought in to change the world like we did. And she saw a poster, a big poster I have, frames, real fancy and everything, and she goes, whoa. And it's a poster of Regarding Henry, the movie and Harrison Ford's on it. And he signed it, and it says, to Sherry, thanks for all you've done. We live in the greatest country in the world, people want to make a difference. They don't know how. So by giving you the guys the tools, launching that nonprofit corporation, you're opening up a pathway and you bring in people that are incredible. When we had done a rally in D.C. and I was standing on the steps of the the Lincoln Memorial with 3,000 mainly young guys that came out of nursing homes and they were carrying signs saying real jobs, not sheltered workshops, real homes, not nursing homes. And as I sat there with Gary Busey and Jim Brady and said, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. We have a dream. And as we sat there and really showed Dan Rather, and we got the media, and they were on 6 o'clock news with us. We still needed to show the country who we were because our industry was called as victims, tragic ways. By being on purpose, by sharing our hearts, by, by going to Mike Nichols, saying, yeah, I skirted up Hollywood, we created a movie regarding Henry. 
that showed our journey. And if you haven't seen it, you need to. He just hot, hot, low air. It goes into the store down below in New York City. It gets caught in the middle of a hold up and gets shot in the head. And it shows the journey of rehab. And we got, I did the technical assistance, got to make sure. And then they flew me into the premiere. That's the power of the connect, connect, connect. Not only did we meet with the state legislators and take folks that you're really helping to the state capitol so that they have a voice, they can be part of the solution. It draws people like Harrison for the celebrity. So leaving it with you guys, how cool would it be for you on the back of your while in your office have a post of your favorite person saying thanks for all you've done and be part of bringing solutions. So, Gina, you guys, it's been amazing to be able to share this in an entrepreneurial way, to, to get rid of all that noise that's out there. Yeah, those of you that have had the experience to now go back, you know how powerful it is to live on that path. Now to come back in and take your business skills, Jack, what you've done with me, and put, implement that into a nonprofit so it's a startup company. Build the budget, and we'll wrap funding. We've got the software, so the charitable giving of real estate that will help you find the real estate. We've got all kinds of trainings. We train on the power of grant money, foundation money, people service products. Yep, so many of our nonprofit corporations have incredible products, products and services. Our huge piece to our nonprofit. So go to nonprofit website. We are out of time. I knew it. That's our geek. Is connected. Stay connected with all three of us. And Jean and Jack, let's let's together take our entrepreneurial world and take this forward. Oh, Sherry, I would love to help you do that. Absolutely, positively would be my honor, my privilege, and I would have so much fun doing it. It's what I've been all about oh, for 20 plus years myself. Oh, if it's not fun, we're not doing it, Jean. Absolutely. <laughs> and I have the same philosophy. If it's not fun, we're not doing it. So look out, world. <laughs> there you go. Well, again, nonprofitwebclass.com. Go learn all you can about how to really use a nonprofit business to grow your for-profit business in ways that fulfill your purpose, make a huge impact in the world, and make you a ton of money at the same time. Sherry, thank you so much for joining us today. You and I will reconnect in a couple of days. I'm already getting a call scheduled with Erica, and we'll see where we go from here. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me on. And all of you guys, thanks for taking the time with us. And take action. It's time. That it is. And we'll be back same time, same place with more great leverage ideas to grow your business. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.